Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, the first chapter in the Bible. <clears throat> Now, Genesis chapter 1 is probably one of the most familiar chapters of the Bible that uh, there is. I know one of the very first verses that I learned as a little child was, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And maybe that's one of the things that you remember early on. I don't know. Um, but as the very first chapter in the Bible, and as, as uh, uh, one that is very important, it is along with these first three chapters of Genesis, probably uh, the foundation of all the rest of the biblical story. We have the creation of human beings set up in paradise, and then we have the fall of man in chapter 3, and the promise that one day one will come and who will crush the serpent's head. It is the foundation of the entire Bible. Um, And as such... um, Millions of pages have been um, have been, had ink spilled on them uh, in describing these first chapters. There is there is a lot more to be said than what I'll be able to say tonight. Uh, but tonight, I just want to focus on on some of the highlights of of what is it that God wants to speak to us out of Genesis chapter one. Um, and, and in doing so, let's remember where they were whenever God's people were first hearing these words. Um, Moses uh, traditionally is understood, and I believe he was the author of the first five books of the Bible. These are called, Jesus called them the books of Moses. Um, And uh, as such, uh, Moses was writing these things as he was leading the people um, through the wilderness before they were to go into the promised land. And as, as God's people, if the Israelites had come out of Egypt, um, they needed to know who they were. They needed to know uh, who God was who had delivered them. Uh, they had seen all kinds of pictures of what the gods were like in Egypt. In fact, they tried to make one for themselves as they were sitting, as they were at the bottom of the of Mount Sinai, and God was, or, and uh, Moses was up on the top of the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments. He comes down, and the people were making a god down below, uh, a, a golden calf, just like the gods that they had seen in Egypt. Everyone has to have an answer to the question: Where did we come from? It is one of the the deepest questions of philosophy. It is one of the deepest questions of life. Where did we come from? Where is there any meaning in our lives at all? Um, and, and the ancient peoples, like the Egyptians and like the Canaanites, who they were going, who the Israelites were going in to dispossess, they had their answers to this question. Uh, the, the Egyptians, uh, I'm sure there were multiple different creation stories, but at least one of the creation stories that the Egyptians uh, had, uh, there was a, a, a god involved in some kind of a, a, um, a sexual act that created the entire universe. 
This is the, the kind of view that the, the Egyptians would have had about how uh, all of the universe came into existence, about how the earth came into existence. And then um, the, the Canaanites, who, who uh, the Israelites were going in to dispossess, um, they had a, a story of, of how Marduk and this other god had this, this war between them. And there was this, this conflict between uh, Marduk and this other god, and Marduk... Uh, um, ripped this other god in half. And on, the, on, on one half, he, he laid the, 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 the ground, and on the other half, he, he stretched it over the, to create the sky. So the, these other ancient cultures, they had stories about how uh, where people came from and where the world came from. And Moses, as he was leading the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land, he wanted them to know God, the true God, Yahweh, who brought you out from the land of bondage is not like the gods that you have seen in Egypt, nor like the gods that you will see when you go in to uh, inhabit the land. And, you know, we have our own creation myths today. Uh, you, you, you may ask me, you know, we're modern people. We we have we we don't we don't believe in myths these days. But but think of how science tries to explain where human beings come from. There's all there is is matter, right? All there is is chemicals in motion, and over a process of millions and million, millions of years and. Uh, a process of, of random mutations and random accidents, somehow, uh, through all of that process, we're here. We have our own myths in our day, don't we? And the Bible is here telling us that is not where we came from. We, we come from the fact that God who is outside of time, who is outside of this world, created the world and everything in it. And he placed us in that world to rule over it. And we've been rebels. And we tried to make ourselves into gods instead of being the ones who served him. And yet God has been gracious and he has redeemed us. Ideas have consequences. I, I said that the, the, the modern creation myth is, is that the idea that everything just happened by chance. That it's all just, there's no meaning or purpose or design behind anything. Uh, but, but that just by random accident, we're here. And uh, Richard Dawkins uh, is one of the world's most famous atheists right, atheists right now. Last week, last Sunday, he tweeted this on Twitter. He said, it's one thing to deplore eugenics on ideological, political, moral grounds, Dawkins tweeted. It's quite another to conclude that it wouldn't work in practice. Of course it would. It works for cows, horses, pigs, dogs, and roses. Why on earth wouldn't it work for human beings? Facts ignore ideology. This is Richard Dawkins. 
That is the consequence of the worldview that says there's no meaning, there's no purpose, we're all just an accident. Because if that's the case, then there's really no difference between dogs and horses and pigs and even roses and human beings. That's the consequence of that kind of worldview. There's no, if there's no meaning, if there's no purpose, if there's no God that designed everything, then, then why not breed human beings for desirable traits? But that is not the world that we live in. We live in the world that God created. We live in the world that God created and he said, let us make man in our image. God created human beings in his very image and it's because of that that we have value. It's not just because we came to some kind of a cognitive ability through random mutation. It's all really just an illusion anyway. No, we were created as God's image bearers who he gave a divine purpose to. And the most, the, uh, uh, whether it be the infant in the womb or whether it be an elderly person on their deathbed or whether it be a, a person who we might say is mentally um, disabled, all of those are people who are cre still created and valuable because they're created in the image of God. It is not some kind of random accident, but they're created in the image of God. Let's look at our text. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was, the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning a second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and the fruit of trees and fruit trees bearing fruit and which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its own kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, 
Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the heavens and the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God said to them in the expanse of the heaven, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, be, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall, have, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and it was and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, help us to see the world with your eyes. 
Help us to see creation. Help us to see each other as you have described the way you've made us. Help us to see each other as valuable. And Father, help us, Lord, to to worship you rightly as the creator who made us and who has every right to demand that we obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a drink real quick. I am not going to be able to treat this exhaustively. It was a long text, as you can tell as I was reading it. Um, But I do want to take a look at some things. We see generally from the very beginning, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I I think um, whenever he says God has created the heavens and the earth, uh, that may be what what, um, um, grammatically is called a mirrorism. Uh, by mirrorism, uh, it basically means it's, it's naming two extremes and saying it's this and that and everything in between. So whenever he's saying God created the heavens and the earth, he's saying basically God, God created everything there is. He created all of the cosmos. He created not only the earth that we stand on, not only the sky that we can see at night, but he created the, the, um, the furthest planet, the furthest uh, um, star away from us that we could possibly even imagine. He created all things. He created our entire universe. And uh, it says here, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And from that, we also gather that that. Uh, there was plurality within the Godhead from the very beginning. Now, in the New Testament, we know of what we call the Trinity. Um, The Trinity, we believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, The Old Testament does not reveal that clearly like the New Testament does. But we see here, even in the very first verses of the Bible, we see uh, that, that God created everything. And we can think maybe here of the Father, having not naming the person of the Trinity, but then it also says, and the Spirit was hovering over the face of the water. So there, we, we, we see here the Spirit and, and maybe the Father there in Genesis 1. And we look to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything was made through Him. Uh, so John says, Jesus, the word, uh, the word was that who became flesh and dwelt among us in uh, John 1, 14. So Jesus, uh, the second person of the, of the Trinity, was there at creation. Then we see here, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. I don't want to go through everything because it will take us forever and we're already at 10 till 7. (laughs) But basically what I want to get from this, first off, where does light come from? You know, scientifically, we don't even know that today. Uh, I mean, we know that there are 
there, that, that light itself has aspects that are like a particle. If you, know, if you study physical science, there's some things like a particle and some things like a wave, but scientists really can't describe what exactly light is. And yet, from the very beginning, God just spoke and there was light. He created it. Um, also, from this passage, it says, God called the light day. Why is that? Why did God call the light day? I was reading this week, and, and the, the author that I was reading uh, drew this conclusion from the fact that God called the light day. You know, we, we might think, well, God called the light day. It was a, a period of light, a, a, a period of light, the period during the day that there is light we call day. And they call the darkness night, right? So what, what, what is night? It's the period of darkness that we experience. And so not only did God create light at his very word, but he set up from the very beginning this sequence of light and day, light and day, uh, light and dark, light, day and night, day and night. So from creation, we say, I think this indicates God created time. He created time itself. Um, God stands outside of time. We, we, we think, uh, you know, the scriptures that tell us a day is like a thousand years to God. Um, a, a, a thousand years to us is like only a day to him. In that sense, he stands outside of time. He created time. He is not bound by time. He is ever present in all of time. The next day, day two, he said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters. And Here, he's creating the sky. Uh, but at the same time, um, the ancient peoples that were first receiving this didn't understand the universe in the same way that we did. And, and we might look at this and think God is also setting up the way that the weather works. Uh, the, 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 the expanse that separated the water from the water and how the water comes down whenever it rains. And so God was establishing the patterns of weather. He was, he was creating time and he was creating the way that the weather works so that he would provide for human beings as we planted our crops and as we do everything that we need for survival. Day three, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each one. Um, God said, let the earth sprout, I'm sorry. God said, said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And so it was good. He called the dry land earth and uh, the waters that were gathered together, he called sea. So he separated the water from the land. And in so doing, he was establishing a place where human beings could live. In separating the water from the land, he was establishing a place where that would be inhabitable for us to live. Then he says, uh, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, 
and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. I'm not going to spell all of that out, but again, let's look at what does God do after he creates man, but he tells man you can eat from every tree. Right? Except for this one. Except for this one, yes, Josh. So um, he has created time. He has created the, the weather patterns that bring water to the earth so that we can survive. He has created uh, the, the, the space in which we can live, the, the, the land, the dry land. He has, he has also created the, um, the, the food that, that provided for Adam and Eve. Um, and then God said... Um, let the lights in the expanse of the heavens uh, of the heavens to separate the day. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day and the night from the night, and from the uh, and for them to be signs for the seasons, and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. Notice that he's also talking about seasons and years and things like that. Uh, he, he's uh, establishing this consistent pattern in which we live. Um, and he says, that this was all good. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. <laughs> We've got a lot of things in here and I cannot cover everything. Um, so I may leave a lot of questions when I'm done. Verse 20, and God said, let the water swarm and the, uh, the, with swarms of creatures and let the birds above fly um, above the earth and across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, every living creature. He created all of these living beings. They, they did not arise by some random chance uh, through, through a process of just random chemicals interacting together over millions and millions of years. But no, this says that they happened by the word of God. That he just said, let it happen. And, and these creatures became in existence, both those that were under the water and those that the birds that fly. And on the sixth day, God said, let the earth, I'm sorry. This was on the sixth day. Then verse 26, he comes to what may be the, what is the climax of the things that God has made. Verse 26 says, then let us, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over, every, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. As I was, this is where I've been heading all night long. God created human beings in his image. We are in some way like him. And theologians have argued for years and years and years, what does it mean that we are in God's image? Some have thought, uh, well, that may mean that we are created to have a personal relationship with him. 
Uh, and some have, have, have thought uh, maybe that's reflected in all kinds of different things. I think the text here tells us something about what it means that we are created in the image of God. Because after it says that we're created in the image of God, it says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens. I think that the fact that we were created in the image of God means that we were to represent him reigning as kings upon the earth. He created us, it is as his image. The, the word there, image, was the same word that would be used in the ancient world to describe an idol that is set up, you know? Uh, but God didn't have idols. He didn't have uh, animals and things like that that were created uh, by human beings, by human hands, made by stone, out of stone or anything like that. No, he created a human being to be his reflection here upon the earth, to represent him in all of creation. And it was by human beings that he intended to rule over all of the earth. He let him have dominion over all of these other creatures. We were placed in a place that was higher and greater than all the other creatures. If, if you look at the world from, from the evolutionary perspective, the, the, the naturalistic evolutionary perspective where everything happened by accident, and we're all just a process of millions and millions of years of just random mutations and all, all of that, that that produces man, then there's nothing that separates us from animals. Nothing. We just got smarter. That's it. But if we are created in the image of God, just like the text tells us, if we're created in the image of God, we are of infinitely greater value than any animal. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Girls, you're not left out. He did not just say that about men. He said that about male and female. Both male and female are created in the image of God. Together, equality, sharing, infinite value. Male and female. And verse 28, and God blessed them, and he said to the, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. You know, he said he gave almost the same commandment to the animals, didn't he? He said to multiply and fill the earth, but you know something he didn't say to the animals was subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. He created us higher, and he created us to rule over all of the other creatures. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant and seed on the face of the earth, every tree with seeds in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and everything that creeps upon the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God looked at that. He looked at the creation that he had made. Light, time, the sky, weather patterns that he had set up, the seasons, 
He, he, he looked at this thing that he had made. He, he created a, a place for human beings to live on dry land. He created vegetation for, for us to eat. He created the birds and the fish, and he created the animals, and he created human beings to rule over it all, representing him. And he looked at what he had made, and it says, and behold, it was very good. We look at our world today and we wonder how it can be. Because we look at this world today and we see murder on the television, on the news. We see Christians being persecuted, people having their heads cut off in foreign lands. We see the world going crazy and we wonder how is it that God can look at the world and say, behold, it is very good. Well, something happened between chapter one and where we stand today. And that is very early in our history in chapter three, which we'll look at in a few weeks. He created us to be his very representatives here on this earth. He created us to be in his image, living on this earth, serving him, loving him, having fellowship with him, and ruling over all of the animals and all of the creatures. And yet, we rebelled against him. He made us. He made us, and he deserves our obedience. We're like clay. In fact, the next chapter tells us God made Adam out of the dirt. We're like clay, and he is the potter. And he has the right to tell us what to do. And we said, I don't want it, God. I'm going to go my own way. And we have rebelled, and because of that, we earn death. We earn the punishment of death. Because the God who created the universe, we have the audacity to say, I think I can do better. He loved us in spite of our disobedience. So much that he sent his son, Jesus, the word who became flesh and who dwelt among us so that those of us who look to him, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, we look to him, we put our faith in him, the one who died for our sins, the lamb of God, we can be forgiven and be restored into the kind of relationship and fellowship with God that we were created for. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.